This program is sponsored by FlatFeeForMeds.com. My wife and I are nearing retirement, and the prescriptions are starting to add up. Now I get my meds for one small monthly pharmacy fee and have enough money left over for Friday night date night with the missus. 90% of all prescriptions are covered. Check for yours at flatfeeformeds.com. Check it out if you want to save money on your prescriptions. Flatfeeformeds.com. Once again, flatfeeformeds.com and save money on your prescriptions. So I penned an article yesterday, sent it off to American Thinker, and they published it. So I've got an article up, and I may read from it. Um, it's, it basically says, and I think I touched on this yesterday in the program, welcome back to Speaking Out. I'm Jim Watkins, and I mentioned to you that I think that um, we, saw, we, we all suffer from collective memory uh, on certain subjects in American culture. And it's mainly through the exposure of other people's presentations. So we all have the shared experience of what we think slavery was like. We all have a shared experience of what we saw when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, 9-11. 9-11 is different because it was, it was spontaneous and it was as real as you're going to get. And there was no misgiving about what we saw. Now, since that time, there have been people who have said that we brought it on ourselves. And so we look at the event as being something self-inflicted. And there are people in our society who believe that to be true. And those people should have their heads examined because it was clearly a clash of nations. Uh, there was, there's no moral right of anyone to do what was done on 9-11 any more than there's anything correct about what was done October 7th in Israel. Evil is evil. And there is a great article posted on Zero Hedge today that talks about this very thing. What is going on with America? Where is, where is this coming from? These daylight shootings, people being shoved in trains, violence breaking out, old women getting hit over the head in broad daylight. Uh, it's, it's, it's endless. People, as I read today in Oakland, that uh, like 65% of the people have gotten, gotten their car broken into or stolen Stolen cars are going through the roof. We have sanctuary cities now. We have illegal immigrants. We have fentanyl. We have overdoses in all the major cities. I mean, what the hell happened? And and if you if you're not noticing it, then you've got your blinders on, and you don't want to see it because it's the ugly truth. And you can't blame it on a political party. You could try. They they try, but at the root of it, I I believe. We have a systemic problem of morality. Morality is uh, now elevated to uh, being subjective. My reality is different from your reality. Uh, there's no commonness of what we would determine to be immoral. What's immoral for one person is completely immoral for another. This is why Pope Francis is in such hot water. Last week he basically more or less told all of his Catholic priests that you can bless a homosexual couple. You can't bless them individually, but you can bless them as a couple. And this created all kinds of controversy. But then he turns around the following week, which was this week, and says that surrogacy parents is evil, inherently evil. And uh, by the way, surrogate parents is, is growing 
in popularity among trans men who have adopted to take on the role of women in our society. And so there is a surrogate involved in the ability of, of two men, one of them whom now is a trans woman, to have a third person have a baby, and that person is the surrogate, then gives the baby to them, and they act as if they're the ones that have this child between them. And the Pope said, that's no, 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 no. You can't, you can't cross the line there. That's not how it was set up. That's not how we do things. We're supposed to, there's a divine way. And we're just now playing with it like it's, it's a game we can rearrange. And uh, the Pope is right on that, I believe. But see, you get into the situation where you say that and somebody who's on the receiving end is going to say, you're a bad person for saying that. You're judging me. So you're trans, you're homophobe, you're xenophobe. We're all worried about what's happening. You know, it's interesting. In Germany, a rising political party, the AFD, Alternative for Democracy, uh, they're growing in popularity, but it's a conservative group. Now, up to this point, when conservative groups got popular, they would associate themselves with neo-Nazi types of ideology. But in this case, that's not what's happening. What's happening is that a growing number of people in Germany are realizing that all of this immigration influx is killing their country. All of these woke green New Deal ideas are destroying the fabric of their economy. These unrealistic goals of going net zero mean nothing to people who can barely survive, paying 40, 50, 60 percent more for energy. And by the way, that's starting to happen here in our country. But it's spread out over a long time, so it's a lot easier for this kind of stuff to take root in our country before we actually know it, because by the time we actually realize it, it's already everywhere, you know, like weeds and, and grass. Uh, but it's happening more intensely in France and Germany, and England is starting to wake up to the fact that you can't just keep letting people come in. But the do-gooders want to continue this charade. And so they continue the charade, acting virtuous. And now we have cultures clashing in the streets. We have cartels running our major metropolitan drug trade, shootings, headings. It's, it's, and so this evil has come about because we have neglected, in my opinion, the divine way. The divine way is the right way that includes morality, the importance of family, the importance of children, the importance of... Of, 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 of discretion, all these things. And you know what? It was a bad idea for them to take all of that out of the classroom. And here's what I'm talking about. There's a renewed effort to put religion back in the classroom. A bill here in Oklahoma has just been filed that would require public schools to have the Ten Commandments in every classroom. It would have to be 16 by 20 in a spot where everyone can see. And if it passes, it will go into effect the 2024 to 2025 school year. Representative Olson, who is the one who drafted this bill, will present it as soon as the session begins this next February. But you can bet that there are going to be people that will fight for this because they'll fight against it. I know people in Oklahoma that are going to get up there and they're going to fight, fight, fight. They're going to say, we can't have God in the classroom for God's sakes. And what they're missing is the fact that that is what's causing our children to grow up void of any kind of moral ideas. A kid sitting there looking at the Ten Commandments 
is going to think about their life. Why am I not allowed to kill my parents? Why am I not allowed to steal? Why am I not allowed to covet my neighbor's things? And as a 60-year-old adult, a person who's been around the block a few times like you, we say, you know what? A child should be thinking about those things. And they should be thinking about those things when they're young. We don't know what kind of home they're being brought up in. We don't know what their parents think. But no one would, would disagree with the fact that a society is a lot better when people try. I'm not saying they always succeed, but if they try to live the principles of the Ten Commandments. They are the bedrock of an orderly and progressive society. And I'm not sure I understand why other people on the left fail to see that reality. We'll be right back. You're listening to Speaking Out America. And don't forget my article, which, I, oh, I got to tell you about my article. Uh, American Thinker, uh, yesterday we talked about the created memory, the, create, uh, the created collective memory. Well, we're seeing this played out with the Democrats, and I write all about it. So go to AmericanThinker.com and just look for my article. Jan 6 was a fabricated memory. And we'll continue this in just a moment. Kevin Stockland is going to join us. There is a movement within the government to seize more land for Green New Deal purposes. You got to hear about this. We'll be right back. America, Jim Watkins, your host, and we're always we're always uh, glad when Kevin Stockland stops by. He is from the Epoch Times, which is, as I just told Kevin, my favorite radio or my favorite media read. I start my day every every day with it because I know I'm going to get honest news journalism and not somebody's opinion of the way they think things should be, i.e., Reuters, AP, and you know. You know who they are. Anyway, Kevin Stockland is a film producer as well and former investment banker, so he knows a little bit about the world of finance. And he, in fact, produced a program called We All Fall Down, The American Mortgage Crisis, a 2008 documentary. Kevin joins us today to talk about an equally important subject, and it's all about Wall Street taking over our public lands. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Welcome to the program. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me on. So the latest thing is that these these Wall Street companies, like are you talking like BlackRock, uh, they want to go out and they want to sort of how, how does it work? They want to buy this land. They want to get a government. How does tell us how this works? Well, so the New York Stock Exchange uh, has partnered uh, with an organization called the Intrinsic Exchange Group. They were set up by the Rockefeller Center and um, the Rockefeller Foundation, rather, and they want to create what's called a natural asset company. These are new companies that could be traded on the New York Stock Exchange, and what they're going to do is pool money from all around the world, and then they're going to buy uh, rights to public and private land in the United States and convert it to uh, whatever they can consider sustainable activities. So this could be, for example, what's now kind of multi-use land and uh, owned by the federal government, but used for ranching or farming or mining or drilling. And the idea is that they're going to purchase those rights and uh, basically prohibit any of that kind of activity on this land. So the local, the local people, like let's say Alaska, they're not allowed to do what they want with the land because the government supposedly says, oh, sorry, it's protected. But then they can turn around and actually 
sell the land to a private company, and then the private company can do whatever they, they want just because that, that that's essentially that's essentially the scheme so the, these will be like investment funds these natural asset companies and any investor from around the world can buy shares in them and then you would basically own the rights to control what happens with this land now the, they're they're saying that the they have to be the criteria is that the land has to be used for sustainable purposes but that's very vague so could you build uh, solar panels throughout this land could you put uh, the windmills on it could you run a carbon capture pipeline through it um, you know, the, these all are, you know, considered sustainable activities. So, you know, it may not be that they're necessarily preserving it for the wildlife. They may be using it for other purposes. But in any case, that's that's the idea. Well, I could see how the money works on this because the government is allocating huge, huge sums of taxpayer money towards green initiatives so they could turn around. Basically, it's it's the government picking winners and losers. Uh, based on this idea of sustainable, and I think it's funny that they that someone would say, "Yeah, we want to we want to produce uh, you know windmills, wind turbines. Those are not sustainable." We're finding out it's actually more expensive than the ROI, the return on investment, is zero. Uh, and so it is interesting because it's the government picking and choosing how they want people to uh, have their land run by them. I mean, Bill Gates could could do something where he could just buy out all this cow farmland and turn it into soybean farms, which I think is what he's trying to do. So, yeah, I could see sure, how this could yeah. be, right? I mean, the- yeah, you, you can see some money-making angles. And what's interesting is in their filing, the New York Stock Exchange, in their filing with the SEC, um, has said basically they're, they're using a different accounting system. So every other company in the U.S. that's traded on the stock exchange uses gap accounting, you know, to measure profit and loss and cash flow, et cetera. They're going to use U.N. Uh, environmental accounting for these companies. And so they said, you know, how do we value things like clean air and clean water and, uh, you know, open spaces and biodiversity? They've said, according to their systems, that this can be worth up to $100 trillion a year. So they've placed some sort of value on our clean air and clean water and open spaces and land in the United States. Um, so they do think that there's a profit play here somewhere, and we're still trying to figure out exactly how they're going to make money. You're aware of the fact that the World Health Organization uh, has come up with a, or they're, they're voting on, I guess they're looking for signatories from all the different countries, and they've got 40, including the United States, who are willing to sign on to a new pact that would essentially give the World Health Organization incredibly far-reaching powers to uh, to declare a health emergency. And now there is being bantered about these think tanks that the climate crisis could be designated a health emergency. And then in that case, the World Health Organization and the United States would have to help comply with these new ESG standards uh, of, of as you say, governance, you know, governance, making sure that things are sustainable for the planet. I mean, what's your take on all this? This sounds like a huge power grab going on here. Yeah, well, so the background to this is that this whole movement towards net zero requires uh, just an unbelievable amount of land. So the Nature Conservancy, which is an advocate of all this stuff, produced a report, and they said in order to reach our net zero goals by 2050, we're going to need as much land as about the state, the size of the state of Texas. Uh, so the wind and solar take up between 10 and 100 times more land area than coal and gas, and they take up about 300 times 
much more land area than nuclear to generate the same amount of energy. So they need tremendous land to make this transition happen. This natural asset company is a way to pull money from all around the world and and reach that goal. Now, the other the other concerning thing is, uh, you know, could a company could a country like China or Russia um you know, come in and say, well, we're going to designate this land. It can't be used for drilling anymore. It can't be used for mining. It can only be used for ecotourism. So what does that do to our, our oil industry? What does that do to other industries in the United States? And, and this could be controlled by foreign entities. Well, that's what they're working uh, towards all under the guy. I can't believe, it's hard for me to fathom that you've got these Wall Street uh, hedge funds and BlackRock and uh, Fink Larry Fink over there. These people are selling out their country. They're selling out their sovereignty, really, to make a buck. How do how do how do how do we fight back against that, Kevin? Well, uh, so we're currently in the comment period with the SEC on this specific issue, whether they're going to approve the New York Stock Exchange setting up these natural asset companies or not. They did it very quickly and very quietly. They gave a very short comment period of 21 days. Normally, it's many months. And they did it right during the Christmas holiday, and it was supposed to expire January 2. They've now extended it under protest to January 18. We've got uh, about 30 congresspeople that have written letters protesting this. We have now a number of state financial officers and state attorney generals who are also reaching out almost all of them from red states protesting this. You can go to sec.gov and that you can comment on what you think about them approving these natural asset companies. Um, So that's step number one. And step number two is, you know, uh, you got to support your state officials uh, who are pushing back your congressmen. And, you know, as people keep saying, elections matter. This is all coming out of the Biden administration. Uh, The Biden administration certainly has war on fossil fuels underway right now, and we're all suffering because of it. But Kevin, always good to catch up with you on this very important uh, issue, and we'll, we'll, of course, count on you to keep us updated on that. Appreciate uh, Kevin's talk and stopping by. You know, there are always two sides of every story. Let's check out Biden, and then let's check on the experts. And this summer and this fall have been the Earth's hottest since the global records began to be kept in the 1800s. We've come to the point where it's foolish for anyone to deny the impacts of climate change anymore. But it's simply a simple fact. Hey, hold on there, big guy. I think I got another opinion. We have built this whole empire based on something that cannot be shown. And in fact, you can show the opposite. The whole move with human-induced global warming has got nothing to do with the environment. It's got everything to do with deconstruction of the way we think and our society as a mechanism of unelected people gaining power. And I'm sick of it. So there you have it. It comes down to who do you believe? The experts or the politicians? Speaking out, America, Jim Watkins will be right back. <laughs> 